you never know what you don't know. So try it. And if it doesn't work, the worst case scenario is probably not the worst case scenario. You know, you get a job, big deal. You lose your ego, big deal. You know, you lose a bit of money. It's not the end of the world. But you'd hate to look back in 20 years time and say, I didn't give it a go. On today's episode, I'm very excited to be joined by the owner and CEO of Showcase Sample Sales, Katie Holland. Not only is Showcase fashion's best kept secret and a true pioneer for fashionistas, Katie's genius idea has opened the door up to up and coming designers too. Katie launched this amazing concept three years ago and is here today to share her runway to excellence story with us. Hi, I'm Stephanie Jackson of Stephanie Jackson Recruitment, specialists in luxury fashion and retail. Welcome to our official podcast, The Runway to Excellence. We will be discussing all things industry related and along the way we'll be joined by some special guests who will be letting us in on their stories. Welcome, Katie. I just wanted to say thank you so much for agreeing to for me to interview you uh, and to pick your brains about your incredible business and the journey that you've you've gone on or um on how you've created this incredible business Mm -hmm. so katie what i want to know from you is how did this all happen let's go right back to the beginning Tell me everything. <laughs> Tell me everything. Well, thank you for uh, for coming along and for inviting me uh, to speak. It's really exciting. Uh, so I guess uh, to go back to the beginning is always a challenge, and and uh, but it's it's exciting to talk about. Uh, there's two topics that I talk about. One would be inspiration and, and the inspiration behind Showcase, and the other would be you know the career journey that that gets you to starting your own business or or to 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 being where where we are now, uh, and. Uh, from an inspiration point of view, uh, I I had never. I mean, showcase is my baby, and I I had I didn't ever dream of being in fashion. It wasn't one of those careers that I that I thought about and planned out. It was something that just evolved, and I got my first taste of sample sales and fashion at my previous role. Uh, and there was three things that uh, sort of increased my appetite to want to start a business and to start showcase. And I guess the first one was that. Um, a lot of brands were, were doing sample sales and running their own events and I realised really quickly there was a niche. Nobody was providing uh, expertise in that particular particular field. So uh, Showcase evolved in that we could provide a luxury service for luxury brands. So uh, we were working for luxury brands, but brands were doing their best at running their own sample sales and it, it was a bit like a warehouse, like a jumble sale. So um, Showcase kind of, that was part of its inspiration. Its second inspiration uh, was to connect the dots between your everyday shopper and a luxury label. I mean, before that taste of a sample sale that I got uh, working in the event space, I didn't know I could go out and buy a Jimmy Choo handbag or, you know, Ralph Lauren pair of shoes. I I didn't necessarily have the budget for it and I didn't know it was available. So really making everyone, the intern down here, at, you know, at Vogue Fashion House or wherever it is that, that they could all get their hands on luxury pieces at great prices and me and you yes (laughs) Yes. and me because I think I think everyone that knows me knows that I am a sucker for a sample sale and I'm I was so excited to learn that you had started your own business because obviously we'd met previously but I was so excited about this and I think what is so special about Showcase and I'm sure we're going to cover this a lot later in our conversation but what is so special about Showcase and what is so different about showcase in comparison to other sample sales is that 
it's not just selling the luxury item mm. in a big space that is maybe a bit more comfortable than a warehouse. No, you are providing the consumer as well as the brand with an experience. Yeah. So yes, they are paying less. The, cons- the consumer's paying less for the product, but they're not really, that, that service really isn't being diluted. You mm. still have great staff. You still have a great, you know, atmosphere in here. And the way you set everything out, it's still a really nice shopping experience. Yeah. It's not that really stressful, rushed, queuing up for hours type of experience that, I mean, I've definitely had in the past when, when trying to get into a sample sale. So that really is incredible. And that is what really sets you aside from everyone else. Yeah. So when, when did it hit you? Perhaps in your last role, what was what was that like? Were you sitting down one day and it just was like a light bulb moment? You thought, you know what? What am I doing? I can definitely do this for myself. Yeah. How did that happen? I would love to say it was a light bulb <laughs> moment, but it, it wasn't necessarily a light bulb moment. I think uh, when you when you're 18 and you plan your career and your life, you sort of think it's going to work out a certain way and and by no means does it or, or, you know, it's not a mapped out journey. So my uh, career path and getting to the place of running my own business, um, the irony is I did study a business degree, you know, way back in the day, but I've been a jack of all trades and, you know, I've, I've traveled the world. I've, been an accountant, a management consultant, a travel agent. Uh, I've worked in Amsterdam and lived there. And and then I landed in London and, and worked on a hotel and did marketing and, and eventually, you know, got to the event space and the music room, which is, which is where Showcase sort of came from. But I think what's important is there wasn't necessarily a light bulb moment. It was just saying yes. And that's what when people ask me all the time, well, how did you do it? My honest answer is you're winging it most of the time. Anyone who runs a business, I do not profess to be an expert at it, but it's just saying yes. You don't get many opportunities in life to say yes and to 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 have an opportunity to be able to to take that jump and that leap and and so I always recommend to anyone just say yes and what do you got to lose you never know what you don't know so try it and if it doesn't work the worst case scenario is probably not the worst case scenario you know you get a job big deal you lose your ego big deal you know you lose a bit of money it's not the end of the world but you'd hate to look back in 20 years time and say I didn't give it a go yeah, so. and I'm so sorry to interrupt you there, but I can definitely relate to that, obviously, yeah. as a business owner. And I think what um, what sets, I like to believe, business owners aside, is that it's having the guts yeah. to take that leap. A lot of people actually say, and it's funny that you said, you know, having a business, you know, you have a big ego and, and it's a, a vanity thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. I think it's having the guts to think, do you know what? If it does all go wrong, so what? I tried. Yeah. And if you haven't got the guts to try, then that's when the regret will start kicking in. You know, especially what you just said later on in life, you think, you know what, I should have done it. Yeah. And maybe if I took that leap, then I could have been somewhere really, really great by now. And not many people have the guts or maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit harsh with that. You know, some people don't have the opportunity because they're tied down already by so many things that doesn't allow them to. So I guess with me and you, what we've got in common is that, we were maybe a bit lucky that we were able to say yes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just we jumped in. Yeah, and it's hard work and closed. it's scary most days yeah. of the week. Yeah. Um, and I think under, also knowing that you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know all the answers because most people don't. Uh, you just work it out as it, as it 
goes. And I think that's an exciting part of the journey of mm-hmm. having a business is that you are learning every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's not a cliche, that comment where, you know, you say, oh, you learn something new every day. No, you literally do. Literally. (laughs) Yeah. So it's definitely been a journey Mm -hmm. for you. Um, Mm -hmm. You're still a baby, what, three years in Mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Showcase. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. And like I said, I'm a massive fan because, you know, not only have we worked together, but I shop here. Mm -hmm. All of my team are so excited every time a new sample sale is being advertised on your Instagram or on your website, whatever, and we can't wait to get here and we drive you mad to, to, to get in. But let's let's go back a bit. So three years ago, mm-hmm. maybe the light bulb moment didn't come, but, you know, it did evolve. You said yes. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? The business started. <laughs> we we searched and searched for premises and, and we found our flagship, which is where we are today on Regent Street. Uh, I mean, I, you couldn't get a better place, yeah. really, let's be <laughs> yeah. honest. It took wow. a long time. You know, we it took us a while to to find the right location. So although we're three years old, we have only been in this location, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, I think we... It was about a year or or 14 months into actually starting showcases to when we were able to operate from this flagship. Previous to that, we had to use other venues and and work it out. Since then, we we you know we've opened up a second store out at the O2. Uh, we've gone online because of COVID, so a lot's happened in those three years. Massive amount has happened. Yeah. It's incredible. So um, I'm correct in thinking or in assuming that your position at the music rooms was events manager. Mm-hmm. So what was that transition like to go from essentially an employee to then being the employer and and owning your own business? How was that? I mean, what challenges did you face? Every challenge under the sun. Uh, I think in the beginning, it's the fear of the responsibility of all these people that you know you you now have wages that you have to consider and investors and and lots of different different things uh, that you have to consider that you didn't consider as an employee. So the the jump is huge. Everything's scary. Uh, but what I had to keep dialing it back to was the reason I got to where I was because I did my job and I worked the way I worked every day. So you can't go to bed at night. In the beginning, I used to go to bed at night and think, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to cover the overheads of a Regent Street store, for example? Uh, and then if you think about that, you just freeze. You stop. That you, you don't even know what to do next because actually you don't know how you're going to do it. What you do know is you got to where you are by doing what you do and by doing what you know. So you just keep doing it. And I had to stop thinking about what I was, you know, all of those things that were making me freeze and just think about, the next day and the next step and and moving forward in that manner and uh, just being you and just being you and that's how you got to where you were in terms of who you work with in the beginning that that for me was really important uh, I don't know about you or, or any other new business owner but certainly having a network of people that you trust that uh, most of the time it ends up being your friends that you sort of shoot the shit with, for lack yeah. of a better word. So, you know, you, you sort of sit down and you just work it out with people that you trust, that you know you can, that have your back because you work 24 hours a day trying to launch a new business uh, and you've got to be able to 
be able to make mistakes, uh, to to learn on the fly with them, to yell at them. They become your family, and and with a family, you yell at each other one day, and your friends the next. You know, because you you're tied together. So. Absolutely, we have a phrase in our office that we scream and shout at each other, and the next minute we're like, "Who wants a cup of tea?" Yeah, it just has to blow over because everyone knows. You know, it's when you're passionate about what you do. Everybody just needs to trust that you are super passionate and that what you're doing is what you know, essentially. Um, I think it's super inspirational. Yeah. And I think from an investor's point of view, if you you think, because it's really hard being a business owner to to have an investor because investors, they're driven by money. That's, that's everything, you know, and I, money's great, but it's certainly not what drives my business and my heart for the business. So you really have to learn how to stay strong in why you started the business and who your business is and to remember what culture you want to filter down into your business. Because if you sit and listen to an investor, sometimes you can certainly start to push out a culture in your business that isn't really what you want. Uh, and, and that's been a huge challenge for me to really learn to, to actually say no, (laughs) not my yes, but to say no for the right reasons. Uh, and to be able to, you know, my staff work hard and, and our team works hard. Any new business, everyone works so hard. The reason they're there is because of who you are and what your culture is. They're not there because they're paid millions of dollars to be there or they're there because it's that family. And if, if you allow investors sometimes to, to tarnish what you're building, uh, it can you can sink before you have actually you know swam. So, uh, yeah, I think it's really important to keep that identity and remember why you're here. So what I think we should, we should sort of talk about is the difference. I mean, people that are listening to this, I'm sure will be aware of of sample sales, but maybe not in this capacity, because Mm -hmm. it is different. And I know I've mentioned that, and I'm probably repeating it a load, and I I probably will even more, but it is different. But what I think we should, we should maybe talk about is the key differences between a sample sale Mm -hmm. and an outlet, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people would think, well, I can get a a discounted Mm -hmm. Ralph Lauren pair of shoes in Bista Village, for example. So why would I wait for sample sale yeah and there are key differences uh outlet shopping is obviously available 365 days a year brands also produce for outlets so the product that you get in an outlet is very different to what you get in a sample sale uh the idea behind a sample sale is you get exciting pieces you get true samples that's why sample sales originated is you get samples you might get runway pieces you might get press pieces uh so the originality is still maintained in a sample sale of course there's overproduction of stock that's inevitable uh so now sample sales are not just samples there's plenty of stock in there but uh and and it's a short sharp sale at a higher discount so because brands don't have it on the market for 365 days a year they're able to offer it for five days a year at a higher discount. So uh, that's probably the biggest difference between your outlet shopping and your sample sale shopping. Amazing. So what would you give as a tip really to people that were thinking about coming to a sample sale here? What tips would you give them to make sure that they get their hands on the best possible pieces. Yeah, look, I'm always <laughs> going to say you need to book early. Uh, that's the one of the most important things. We, we're a membership, so Showcase uh, is a – you have to be a member to shop here. We do time slots, especially during COVID. Now we have no choice, but pre-COVID, we already ran a time-slotted system. So you, be here on time, 
show up for your time <laughs> slot um, and at the beginning of your slot. So after an hour, you've had time to shop. We don't we don't have to kick you out, you know, when you've had only five minutes of shopping. But you know, the old saying of first in best dressed is absolutely true in sample sales. So hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I mean, wow, I, I'm, I'm really going to embarrass myself here. And it's just honestly, I'm being completely truthful. I remember years ago when I think my first ever sample sale that I went to, I did camp out overnight. People do. <laughs> I did, actually. I mean, we don't have people oh. camping out, but we have people here. I'll get, I will get. used to get to work at six o'clock to take a load in and people were already standing out there in the pouring rain. And I would think, we're not opening for six hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would have been me. I mean, not now because I'm definitely too old for that. But I think when I was younger, what I, I, do you know what? I can't even remember which sale it was. So... Mental, I was, but I stood outside, probably in the rain. Actually, it was in the rain because I was wearing my skiing clothes <laughs> just to get. But I did get an amazing handbag, so and I still wear it now. So I'm very, very, very grateful that I actually did that. But um, I don't think I'd be doing it again. So I'm. I think we should talk about your membership scheme because yeah. to save people from queuing up in the rain outside. They can avoid that with mm-hmm. this. So, so talk me through that. How does that work? So we we launched. Not too long ago, it's probably about five months ago now, the membership, different tiers. We've, you've always been had to have been a member to be a part of Showcase, but uh, we didn't have – everyone was just a, what we would call a general member. So now we have a, a three-tiered system and you've got your general members who are obviously lovers of sample sales. It's free to be a general member. Anyone can join. Uh, and usually if you're – I'll give you an example. If there's a three-day sale, your general members might shop on day three of the three-day sale and there'll still be time slots. So, you know, they'll still have to choose a slot depending upon how much stock we've got uh, and, and the demand for that particular brand. But uh, they'll certainly be able to shop, but it'll be towards the end of the sale. We've got a middle tier, which is our priority tier. Uh, these are sort of our, this is the majority of our shopper who he wants to get in first and he's really excited about the sample sale. They'll pay £24 a year. Super affordable. Uh, eventually, wow. it might be. Yeah, so it, it's 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 a great tier. And for example, they would shop on the second day of a sample sale. So they're more of you people that want the best price, but also they want to know the first, get first dibs on on the product that's there. And the third tier is our VIP tier, which is an application only tier. The reason we have that is because we work with some brands that we actually can't speak about. So there's certain brands in the industry that do staff or family and friends sales with us and allow us to invite our VIPs. So our VIPs pay £300 a year. We know everything about them, their ID checked, and, and that just allows us to provide brand safety to certain brands who don't actually have sample sales but like every brand still need to clear stock so you get invited to their staff sales uh by no means is there 40 of those a year there might be two to four a year but the accessibility of of those particular brands our vips are definitely willing to pay for and the savings are always worth it 100 percent. i mean it just sounds like the most incredible thing and I'm assuming that you can do all of this online on your website. You can sign up and register. You can, um, yes. And that's all done through showcase.co. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Everything showcase.co. We'll, we'll remind everyone at the end of that, definitely. <laughs> um, because if you're not already a member and you are like me and you are totally obsessed with having the best pieces but really don't want to pay through the nose for it, you know, this is the way forward. I mean, I'm definitely a fan. Pretty much every single designer item in my wardrobe has been bought from a, a in a discounted way. So mm. through a sample sale or through, you know, a staff sale or something like that. And 
I think if you buy well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. And for me especially, there's nothing more exciting or rewarding than wearing something and walking down Bond Street and seeing it in the window and thinking, huh, yeah. definitely didn't pay that for it. So it is amazing. Now, I think what we need to do as well is talk about the whole idea of you now really you know you're you're putting yourself out there in such a good way especially with what's been been spoken about so heavily in the fashion market now and that is sustainability Mm -hmm. and how well you as a business are contributing to that Mm -hmm. because initially I thought I would ask you a question about why would these super exclusive luxury brands want to put themselves out there in this way and and host sample sales But I guess I'm answering your question for you there because sustainability is such a massive part of loads of different fashion brands. In fact, all of them now. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing that you're able to contribute to that. Yeah. And and I think it's always been so why luxury brands do sample sales has always been a question. Sustainability is now in the in the headlines, outruled in in you know, outlawed in in certain countries. I don't believe you're about lads do it in France anymore. Uh, But it's Giving the brands, there's there's multiple, there's layers as to why brands do sample sales, but one of the really important ones now is definitely sustainability. Previously, a brand would have burnt stock and, and it wasn't really thought about. It was just a cheap way to get rid of stock and, and it's not necessary. There's other ways to do it and we're able to work with brands to provide, uh, all brands have overproduced stock. So by all means, there's no brand that, that is perfect in their purchasing and, and they all have extra stock. We're able to work with them to pr- provide a, an off-price channel that's short, sharp, right discount. They can clear as much stock as they can and make the most amount of money and not have to have to burn it and unethically get rid of it. So it really, you know, showcase hopefully steps in and and allows brands to clear that stock in the best best way possible. Definitely. And showcase as a business has this separate entity which I'm totally in love with and I definitely want to cover on on this podcast mm-hmm. and that is the next big thing. Um and that's incredible. So tell me about that. Yes, yeah, so I don't want to get thing. it wrong. So, no, that's so all right. tell me all about that. <laughs> the, so our flagship on Regent Street is is split, uh, and we've got the front of our store, which is next big thing, and the back of the store is where the best kept secret aka showcase sample sales are held so in next big thing uh if you're walking down regent street in st james's market you'll come across it and it's it's where we support upcoming new designers whether they come from uh british fashion council royal college of arts whether they you know just come to us by word of mouth uh it it allows us to showcase these new designers and connect make the connection between the established brands and the new designers. It's very hard being a new designer in the fashion world. It's hard to get coverage. It's hard to get footfall. It's hard to be known. So if we're able to to just help and, and elevate and incubate these brands, give them a space on Regent Street, you know, just being able to say that as a new brand is, you know, there's a lot of prestige that comes from that. Uh, well, it's so, beyond belief, isn't yeah. it? You know, you wouldn't think if you've just graduated, as talented as you could be, the next thing that you're going to think about is how on earth Am I going to reach a consumer? How am I going to find out if my product is is good? Is, yeah. is it nice? You know, who's going to like it? I need to know. So by showcasing it somewhere like Regent Street, you can't think of anywhere better. You've got the footfall. You've got the right type of client. Yeah. Um, and then as well, you know, with the idea of, of those clients walking through that area to then access a designer sample sale, 
you're reaching out to all the right target um, market really it's just an amazing idea now how if I was an upcoming designer how would I get in touch with you and 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 speak to you about potentially um, having my collection uh, in the next uh, big thing yeah look we, it's, it's as easy as finding it finding us on the website or, mm. or wherever it is and just sending us an email and we just meet we meet with the designers uh, we work with St James's Market a lot to to you know connect with the men's shoes and and whatever it may be so we try and work with different networks like I said British Fashion Council to put our name out there but otherwise if people find us they just need to send us an email and we'll meet them and show them the space and often we work with them so that they can come along and and use the space to do presentations and and again hopefully connect with their customers and bring their customers in here as much as us using our 185,000 members and contacting them to let them know that we've got a new designer showcasing in next big thing. 180 85,000 did yes, you say? It's wow. absolutely crazy. Wow. Well what a leverage. I mean if you are an upcoming designer and you want that opportunity, I mean I couldn't think of anything better. I strongly suggest you get in touch with Katie. Now I do want to touch upon the obvious which is how COVID has affected the fashion industry mm-hmm. and the retail industry. What major changes did you have to make when this all kicked off? Yeah, COVID uh, certainly, like for everyone, nobody knew what to do. So we, uh, as a business, had to make a pretty quick decision. We're a bricks and mortar business. So like any other retail business or any other bricks and mortar business right now, uh, it was sink or swim. Uh, I certainly wasn't willing to sink. So uh, I have a phenomenal, you know, team and and was able to to pull my investors in and use the resources that we have through them uh and and the talent pools that we have and create an online platform within three and a half weeks so we basically yeah we we made a decision really quickly and we just went with it uh I also said yes we said yes I said yes exactly Uh, and it was certainly a challenge by no means uh but I have staff, I have a team, I love my culture, I love my business and I, you know, I certainly wanted to to make it work. We also work with brands that forecast and plan to do sample sales. That's part of their, you know, they do two a year and that's what they do. So I knew they had the stock, which means I've got to give them a platform to be able to get rid of this stock. I mean, the business is there, Katie, work it out. So we did, we worked it out. Um, It was 12 weeks of madness. It's almost (laughs) like starting a new business. I mean... To, to pivot a business during a pandemic and stay safe was certainly a challenge. It was 12 weeks, yeah, like I say, of, I wouldn't use the term hell, but <laughs> some days it felt like that. Because there's so uh, many things you have to consider. It's not just how am I going to transition my business from being a physical space to then online. It's how am I keeping my staff safe? You know, how am I making them feel confident to come to work? You know, am I putting in place all the measures that I need to? There's so many things as a business owner that you have to think about. And it's so challenging and it's it's quite draining. And you think, well, is this going to be forever? You know, how yeah. long is this going to last? It's stressful. So I really, really rate you because you've done it so well. Yeah, um, and, and it's been very successful. Uh, and now online will stay part of our, our offering to all brands. It's also opened up a channel with new brands that we wouldn't have been able to work with before because of volume. So the sheer volume and, and just physical basic replenishment of stock, there's some brands that we would, you know, we've cleared 50,000 units for brands. Never in the history of Showcase would we have been able to do that physically. So it's certainly opened up a door uh, that, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to do. So it's been a challenge, but a very successful one. And all brands seem to be 
jumped on board. Well, they say that in every crisis comes opportunity. Mm -hmm. So you definitely took that opportunity and it's been a positive outcome, which is incredible. And I think that that's the inspiration behind a lot of these conversations that I'm having is how well people have adjusted. Mm. Because at the end of the day, no, you don't want to sink. You've put too much into it, your heart, your soul. It's not just an idea that you had. This is, like you said at the beginning, your baby mm. and you will do whatever it takes. And it just shows that that determination and dedication has paid off. Mm. So I guess to wrap things up, what can we expect now from Showcase for the next year? Yeah, look, Showcase is as we say, three years old. So it's uh, it's done phenomenal things in the last three years, but there's certainly a lot to come. Uh, we will continue to be a bricks and mortar business. We will continue to have our flagship here on Regent Street. We will open up our store out at the O2 and, and keep hopefully working on that and building that out there. We now have online as part of our offering. So 2021 is going to be a combination of physical and online. Global domination has always been part of my vocabulary. So um, we launched in the US, which is very, very exciting wow. last month. Yeah. Amazing. It's amazing. And truthfully, online's allowed us to do that a lot quicker than what we may have been able to otherwise. Uh, so yeah, we've run two sales out there better than I could have ever imagined. You know, they say God does better than your, you know, your dream. So he has certainly taken it above and beyond and they couldn't have been better. So we've sort of paused that for a month, working out our distribution out there and what it's going to look like. We'll do three more sales in, in, in America before the end of the year. So 2021 is going to be the USA in full force. And then hopefully after that, we'll tackle Australia and Hong Kong and, and, Global domination will, will be part of who we are. Global domination. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So I yes. For SJR too. Let's just hope. Yeah. No, do you know what, Katie? It's been an absolute pleasure. And I will just talk about your website. So it's www.showcase.co. Mm -hmm. For anybody out there that's listening, definitely get involved in terms of membership. Either tier, you just want to get in. And that's all I will say. You just have to get in and get involved because, I mean, I definitely can, can vouch product is incredible it doesn't matter what brand you're going to get the best pieces here katie it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so so much thank you for having me <laughs> and that concludes another episode of the runway to excellence if you enjoyed today's episode please remember to like share and most importantly subscribe so that you never have to miss another episode again and if you're feeling extra generous leave us a five-star review for more information on how you can work with us, visit our website www.sjrlondon.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.